It's time now for super psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell, and your golden years. Dr. Mara Corpel and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmarakarpel.com. And today is Sunday, July the 14th, and we are live in beautiful Austin, Texas once again been a couple of weeks, and I hope you all had a wonderful July 4th weekend while we were off. And we have another great packed program in store for you this evening. And Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here to make it all run smoothly. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined by Air Force veteran, speaker, author, and host of the Blog Talk Radio Show, Life Transformation Radio. Sean Douglas, who actually interviewed me on his show in May, and he's joining us to discuss resilience and living an epic life. And then later in the program, Woodson Martin of Team Brownsville joins us to discuss the children and the families at the border and how we can be part of the humanitarian effort to help them. And also, at the end of the program, to round up the show with some music, um, an old friend of art, Mendoza, um, again, the producer of this program, and one of his band members from a band they used to have called Full Moon, Danny Christensen, will be joining us on the program to talk about his history of music, his tribute band, The Fab Five, and we'll be playing some of his music, including an original tune of his. And throughout this evening's program, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for any of my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me, and I will read them on the air to my guests. And my email address is drmara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And be sure to ask your questions while the guests are still on the program so that they can answer them right here on the program. And you can hear this evening's show again by going to my website and the link to the podcast along with any information, website links, contact information, all of that sort of info will be posted later tonight on my website, drmarakarpel.com. And you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, that's B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years. And for information from previous programs, to listen to previous shows, to uh, read my blogs, to watch videos, to find out about my book, um, to uh, all sorts of things, 
there I have a one stop shop. You can check it all out at drmarakartel.com, D R M A R A K A R P E L dot com. And you can also hear all of the previous programs that we've done here in the last five and a half years on Blog Talk Radio by going directly to blogtalkradio.com, B L O G, talkradio.com slash your golden years. And for information about future events, to find out about what shows are coming up, to find out about any speaking events or book events, or read my blog when they post immediately in any of the platforms where I post blogs, go follow, be sure to follow me on Facebook. So my Facebook page is Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years, and that has everything up to the minute and, you know, anything coming up. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'm a licensed psychologist from New York City practicing here in Austin, Texas, and in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas occasionally. And I work with adults of all ages and have a specialty of working with seniors and caregivers, and for the past few years have also been evaluating veterans for PTSD. And if you want to contact me, if you have a question or you have some information that you think I should know about, send me an email to Dr. Mara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmarakartel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com, or give me a call at 512-626-6973, or you can go through my website and click on contact at drmarakartel.com. This evening's program was produced or is produced by Complice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and it's sponsored by Dr. Ronald DeVere, neurologist, memory specialist, and author of the book, Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lakeway, Texas, or to purchase a copy of his book. You can call him at 512-261-7909, or you can send him an email to rdevere, that's R-D-E-V-E-R-E, at austin.rr.com. And his book is also available on Amazon. And this evening's program is also sponsored by StoryHouse. StoryHouse gathers your stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. Have StoryHouse open to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or a family reunion. StoryHouse, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call 512-296-8752. Okay, so we're going to take a brief break. We're going to play a few of our sponsors' commercials. And when we come back, we'll be joined by Air Force veteran, speaker, author, and host of the Blog Talk Radio Show, Life Transformation Radio, Sean Douglas, to talk about resilience and living an epic life. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. 
There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-924. Worried about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years, specializing in the diagnosis treatment and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia. Dr. Devere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald Devere, Alzheimer's Disease and Memory Disorders Center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Just blows my 
mind And it takes me back to that place Punta Mita time Striking the water makes the porpoises fly. Big belugas become ballerinas with a show just to see. And they call out to me. They say that we're one hour behind. But the senoritas, they keep us in time That poppy CT just flows through our minds And it takes us back to that place They say that we're one hour behind But the senoritas, they keep us in time That poppy CT just flows through my mind And it takes me back to my place Putamita time Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. All right, and we are back. And if you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And um, I don't know what happened to Sean, so we're gonna, I'm going to go on to the next segment, and then when he calls in, we can have that interview. Um, I'm going to talk about some news and also a recent experience that we had um, on, oh, there he is. Uh, there's Sean calling right now. 
Sean, is that you? Hello? Oh. I got lost. Oh, he got lost. Okay. Well, (laughs) he's going to call right back, I'm sure. So I'll just give you some news. So last Thursday, um, I was interviewed on... um, Indie Beacon Radio, which is the Texas Authors Radio, and that interview is on video and audio and should be posted um, this week sometime. So, why is that ringing? Sean, are you there? I think he's having a little trouble calling in, so I'm going to keep talking. So um, that audio and video will be posted this week. They're um, editing the video and to make it look a little nicer, and as soon as I get the link, I will be posting that on my Facebook page. Um, I'm also – I have an upcoming interview with Carrie Hummingbird and her, her radio show, Soul Nectar, which will be recorded – in um, July coming up, but will be airing um, in August. So we will be, um, I will be posting the link to that as soon as I have that link. And um, I have a few other speaking engagements coming up, including the Unity Church in Brownsville, which will be in October. And I'm meeting with Sisters of Charity while I'm up in New York in August to talk about an upcoming talk there and a few others that I'm working on. And we went to Brownsville last week when we were in South Texas for the holiday weekend, and we audio taped some interviews right at the Brownsville bus station with Sergio Cordova. Um, of Team Brownsville, as well as one of the asylum seekers who he sponsored, Sergio sponsored, and who has been living here for six months and also volunteering to help other asylum seekers for the past six months. Um, So we're going to start airing some of those um, audios, and one of them will be next week. We'll we'll, um, air the audio interview with Sergio next week. And I have a blog or a series of blogs, because it's kind of long, coming out very shortly about my visit there and about my experience. And that will be posted on Facebook when it publishes, and I will let you know right here. Um, So, okay, I'm going to jump to my segment while we're waiting for Sean to be able to call back in and have a good signal here. Um, I'll let you know what I witnessed when I was at the bus terminal in South Texas, in Brownsville, and then also later in the program, Woodson Martin will be calling in to talk about Team Brownsville. Oh, it looks like Sean is on the line, so we're going to go to that interview, and then I will talk about what I saw on the border. All right. 
Hi, Sean. Is that you? Yes. I'm so sorry. I had an emergency that I needed to take care of. I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. And then it looks like we had a few technical difficulties here. So well, we got you on the line. So I'm so glad yeah. that you were able to join us. And, yeah, I'm um, happy to be here. Okay. So, so Sean, I had a chance to read a good part of your book. Um, so I, I got to learn a lot about your background. And um, maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about your background and what you're doing, what you're doing these days. Uh, yeah, so my background, uh, born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, left when I was 18 to join the Air Force. Been on active duty military status since uh, 2001. I uh, got two more years before I retire, and man, I've been all over the world. <laughs> I've been deployed and stationed in different duty locations, and um, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, had mm-hmm. some had some issues along the way. Um, battled alcohol and uh, some uh, some personal demons and issues because I was um, basically abused physically, emotionally, mentally as a child. And, mm-hmm. um, and after that, you know, it's just, I didn't really care about anything. I didn't really care what happened to me or, or what I did. So I got in a lot of trouble and going in the military was kind of the way to, to kind of get rid of all that. But I didn't deal with the issues that I had, you know, with, with my parents' divorce and, the um the you know child abuse and everything else so i just kind of just buried it all down and uh then i found alcohol and alcohol just made everything worse and so i was getting kicked mm-hmm. out of the military and losing my career and i lost uh, i got married at one point and my wife and kids had left and so i was kind of just left in my own mess and uh that's when uh that's when i made the first decision to to try to take my life and you know after that moment, you know, it, it kind of defined um, everything. That's my transformational moment that I call it because after I got help, um, I completely did a 180, became a drill instructor, became a speaker, became a, a, um, a mental health coach, you know, teaching resilience, teaching mm-hmm. um, people how to, how to live fulfilled, not go down the road that I went down, talking to a lot of high school kids, a lot of college kids. So now, uh, you know, I'm still in the military, but, uh, you know, I teach resilience all across the country. Um, I'm booked to speak regularly uh, to, to, uh, to, to basically teach resilience, leadership, team building. Um, I built a couple of businesses since then, so I teach business strategy, and it's just been the best last decade of my life. Mhm, mhm. You know, when I was reading your book, I I understood then why your radio show is called uh, Life Transformation Radio. Mhm. Yep. <laughs> because yep. you really found your you really transformed your life. Um. So, so what what does it take? What do you think it takes for people? Maybe there are listeners who are really feeling like their life is going down a path that they don't like. Um, some might be pretty dramatic, um, you know, paths like the one that you described, or maybe just feeling stuck in a rut, and, and that can be really devastating as well. Um, 
what do you think it takes to make that transformation and build that resilience and lead at, at what you describe an epic fight? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And it always comes down to a personal decision. I can teach you everything that you need to know how to build a business, but if you if you choose not to, then it doesn't matter. I can teach you everything you want to know about resilience, but if you don't take it into action, if you don't take massive action, then it doesn't even matter. So it really all starts with a personal decision that I don't like how my life is going and that I need to change it, but it's the recognition and the awareness that you need to know that you need to change. And most kids, most people, the most anybody doesn't want to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are kind of scared of change, even if where they're yep. going right now doesn't feel very good. They get comfortable in their discomfort. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And it's so crazy. I know so many people that are scared of failure. It's not the failure that they're scared of. They're scared of what happens if they succeed. And so they don't make these mm-hmm. decisions. You know, it's fun to dream about the million-dollar lottery. It's fun to to pretend like I'm going to win that $500 million, you know, jackpot or whatever until it actually happens. Well, I've talked to a lot of people over the years and they think the same thing about success. You know, they just, I don't want to change and I don't want to get too successful because then I got to like actually deliver, you know, like one guy told me, he's like, why don't we get, I don't want to get, make all kinds of money. Cause I mean, I gotta, I gotta deliver on that. <laughs> I gotta deliver on that, you know? So um, I know a lot of people that just, they're not really scared of, of the, you know, what happens if I fail or whatever. It's, they're more scared of what happens if I actually succeed and then I got to live the Tony Robbins life or the Grant Cardone or the Gary Vee's or like, you know, the, the high profile people that we see, you know, I have to, I have to live that life now, you know, and, and most of them, they just don't want to do it or they're scared to. Mm-hmm. So how do you get them past that? How do you, how do you get people past that fear? to realize their own value. We, we have a conversation about what it looks like and you have to, you have to live your own value and be aware of your own value. Most people are not mm-hmm. most when you have a coaching program and, and you're wondering why people aren't buying mostly it has to do with the people that you're talking to. You can sell your face off, but people will only buy based on their own value. If I don't think that I'm worth a $5,000 coaching program, I'm not going to buy a $5,000 coaching program because I don't think I'm worth it or I don't think that, um, that I need it or, you know, whatever, right? So what you have to do is get people to realize their own value, their, their intrinsic value. Mm-hmm. But the, pro- right. the, problem that, the problem that people have is that they don't realize their value. There's always a famous meme that, that – that floats around uh, social media and stuff. And it's like, it, just because someone doesn't see your worth, that doesn't mean that your value gets decreased. And so you have to see your own value. And I never saw my own value. I didn't think I was worth, you know, a 10 K speech, but here I am getting, getting paid to speak, you know, which is kind of funny because mm-hmm. I tell my mom all the time, she used to be like, shut up all the time. Shut up, shut up. You talk too much in school and you talk too much and all those <laughs> stuff. I would tell my mom, like, guess what, mom? I just got 5,000 to go speak. <laughs> yeah. Like, who's laughing now, you know? And uh, she's like, well, I always knew it. I always knew it. Like, yeah, whatever, mom. But it's so funny mm-hmm. that, that, you know, you have to see your worth and you have to see your value. 
Nobody, I mean, everybody could tell you that you have value, but if you don't see it, it doesn't matter. So what you think, feel, and believe in the world and what you think, feel, and believe in yourself has to match, right? If you think that you're worth 5K, but you don't believe it, then it doesn't matter. If you believe that you're 5K, but you're not really hunting for it, you're kind of trying to like stay away from it, that it just doesn't match. What you think, feel, and believe about yourself and what you think, feel, and believe in the world needs to match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you have any suggestions for some first steps that people can take to get to that point where they're see what they feel and think and believe matches? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Count three blessings a day. Number one is to count three blessings a day. Every single day you must find three things that you're grateful for and thankful for. And mm-hmm. Your, your like attitude of gratitude will lower your anxiety, stress, and depression. Science has proven that when you hunt the good stuff in every single situation, because only you can apply meaning to that situation, you must count three blessings a day and cultivate that gratitude habit. Gratitude has been linked to lower anxiety, lowering depression, and lowering stress, and lowering suicide. Happy people mm. are not killing themselves. Yeah. Depressed people are. Yeah. Happy mm-hmm. people are not making bad decisions that ruin their life. <laughs> Hurt people are. Mm-hmm. The second thing you need to do is create an affirmation, a daily affirmation. Every time I go to step on stage, I say an affirmation that I have the power to deliver this amazing talk. I have the ability to change hearts and minds. I am worthy of standing on the stage. And so you have to come up with an affirmation that is going to talk to yourself and talk to your subconscious and get yourself to believe. Because a lot of times we hear that, you know, you say a lie enough times, it sometimes becomes the truth. Well, that's true. You say the lie mm-hmm. enough times, you lie to enough people, it starts becoming the, the reality because perception is reality. So to combat that, you must create affirmations and have daily affirmations. Okay. I like that. I like that. That's it. Gratitude and affirmation. Affirmation is a love language. There's a great book called The Five Love Languages, Mm -hmm. and and it's by Chapman. So if you look up the five love languages, there's five love languages for military, five love languages for kids, five love languages for, you know, your marriage. So my love language is affirmation. So it's great that my wife affirms me, people around me do. I have affirmations, but affirmations is a love language and so it all comes down to you must love yourself in the end mm-hmm. bare bones basic mentality says that i must love myself and those that do not love themselves make bad decisions and live for other people which drives them deeper into depression because they're trying to make other people happy by them giving of themselves but they're not willing to fill their own cup up and you can't serve mm-hmm. from an empty cup so you right. it always will come down to self-love and the value that you intrinsically have inside of you. I really love that because I know a lot of people really feel that when they love themselves, that means that they're narcissistic or they're selfish. But what you said was really important that you can't really give from, you can't give much from an empty cup. Right. So you really have to love yourself first. And we're so good at beating ourselves up. Um, oh, yeah. 
You know, yep. the things we say to ourselves are worse than our, things that our worst enemies can say to us sometimes. Mm-hmm. So turning so that true. around is really important. So I know that you're, you're, you know, dealing with an emergency over there. I don't want to keep you too long if you're still <laughs> in a hurry over there. So, um, but I do want you to let listeners know how they can find out more about you and, and what you're doing. And are you coaching people like, if they yeah. contact you? Yeah. Okay. So, I, mm-hmm. so I work with, I work with entrepreneurs, speakers, and business owners to improve their positioning in the marketplace which increases their profitability and will decrease their anxiety and stress so their business thrives. A lot of times we have all this stuff that we're trying to put out to the market, but it's not being received in the correct way. So what I do is I go in and I look at what you're trying to do and I reposition you so that the market receives you and perceives you as a person of value. But a lot of work I do is doing it inside yourself because you have to believe that you are of value. So Mm -hmm. I work with them and we create, launch, and monetize whatever the business, whatever the podcast, whatever the book, whatever it is that you want to do and position yourself. That's what I help with. Great. Great. So how can people find out about that coaching, which I think sounds great. Yeah. So you can go to my website at uh, the success core, C O R P S like Marine Corps, the success core.com. And all of the information is there. And I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Uh, send me a message. Send me an email. Would love to have a conversation with you. And let it, let me know that you heard me on this show. And so I can let um, her know that some of her listeners have contacted me. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and also, how can people listen to your wonderful radio show? Yeah, my show is on Life Transformation Radio. It's on every podcatcher available, and it's hosted by Blog Talk Radio. So if you just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Life Transformation Radio, and you can listen to my show live Tuesday through Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Great. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to post all of that information on the website post about this evening's program on my website. And so people can catch it right there. And um, thank you for, for coming on to the program. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Even in the middle of, yeah. Yeah. I've got some things happening here that were totally unexpected. So um, it was, it was uh, a lot of fun being on the show. Thank you so much for, for being flexible and understanding. And I hope I uh, gave some value to your listeners. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you. And, and have a good evening. Thank you. Thank you so much. You too. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a brief break. We have more to come, lots more to come, so don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Worry about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years. Specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia, Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the facts. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com.
All right, and we are back. And if you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on Blog Talk Radio and on drmaracarpell.com. And so um, I'm glad we got to speak with um, Sean. Um, he has a great radio program. I was on it, and he has some really interesting guests, and his book um, is really wonderful as well. So it's talk. I don't know. I got muted there. Um, Sean's book, uh, Decisions, the Power to Overcome Self-Defeating Behaviors, is a wonderful book um, that tells about his transformation. And, um, and I love those tips that he gave. And um, I would check out his website and check out his radio show on blogtalkradio.com. I'm glad he was able to squeeze it in in the middle of whatever's going on there. Um, I was talking before I had jumped to while we were waiting for him to talk about um, my experience when I was on the border last weekend. Art and I went to the border um, last Saturday. We, we went to the Brownsville bus station with another friend. Janice, who had introduced us in the first place to Team Brownsville, and um, we interviewed um, Sergio, who has been on this program, and he's from Team Brownsville, one of the leaders of Team Brownsville, Um, but it was, I think, um, we got to go a little deeper in the interview, um, being there in person, and so we're going to air that interview next Sunday on this program. And we also interviewed one of the um, asylum seekers. Sergio has sponsored three asylum seekers. So, you know, these are people who were in detention, who were vetted as being safe, and were found to have legitimate, credible stories of uh, the reason that they need asylum. And so they are allowed to stay in the United States as long as they have a sponsor, um, and then they have future hearings. They have to go through a series of hearings to see whether or not they can continue to stay. But for now, they're allowed to stay. And these three young men didn't have sponsors. They don't have family here. So Sergio volunteered to sponsor them, which apparently is something that people can do. Um, And so they moved in with him, and one has since moved on. And the two are still living with Sergio. They've been with him for six months, and he's been teaching them um, pretty much everything about living here in the United States from going food shopping, learning to drive, which they had never owned cars, so they didn't know how to drive, Um, just basic life skills. And they are also now volunteers helping other people that are being released from detention who are now moving on to their sponsors. So when they are let out of the detention center, they have to buy a bus ticket, some of them a plane ticket, to go to wherever their sponsor is in the United States. Many of the sponsors are pretty far away. They could be as far away as New York or Maine or the furthest point north. Um, from the 
from the border and somebody has to buy that ticket. Not It's not bought for them. So either the sponsor buys a ticket or they may have some money or somebody might volunteer and donate um, the money for them. And they're just dropped off at the bus station, um, usually with nothing more than the clothes that they're wearing or a few belongings that they have managed to hold on to through this whole um, long journey that they've been through. Um, no, no snacks for the trip, no uh, change of clothes, no pocket money. Um, and very often they have no idea how far they're going and that it entails multiple bus transfers. So the volunteers come and they bring um, humanity. They come with uh, food and uh, while we were there, Sergio came with cereal and milk because it was early in the day and there were families with young children having cereal and milk. Um, and those, and, and they were given packs that have been, you know, money is donated to Team Brownsville. They're now a 501 C3, so they accept donations and um, from all over the country, and they um, put together packs for them to take on the buses or the planes that have snacks and have some pocket money, change of clothes, little pillows that one of the members sews. She was on the program a few weeks ago, Melba Salazar-Lucio. She sews them with her 83-year-old mom, little pillows for the children and dolls. And um, they bring toys and, you know, things for them to feel a little more comfortable on their trip. And they map out their uh, bus routes so that if they need help and nobody they, you know, they can't find people who speak their language. Most of them speak Spanish, but not all of them. Some of them speak other um, languages. Um, they can point to the map and get help that way. And those who have a long wait are then brought over by the local police from the Brownsville bus depot just because they know that this place exists and is open and welcoming to them. And it's called Good Neighbor Settlement House. And they've also been on the program. And they also accept donations. <laughs> and they're also a nonprofit organization. And they bring them over in a van so that they could they can take showers, they can get more clothing over there. There we we got to see um the people had donated a lot of clothes and there are people who are sorting them out into different sizes. Um they get shoelaces because that's the one thing that one way that you can recognize the asylum seekers is they don't have shoelaces. Many have used the used strips of the mylar sheets that they're given in detention. Um, they've turned them into shoelaces or hair ties. Um, they're given a hot meal. Um, and if they are staying overnight, then they have a place to stay. They have air mattresses and they can sleep there. Um, so, you know, we heard about this all on the show several times, and we have another guest coming up from Team Brownsville in a little while, but going there and seeing it and actually meeting 
these young families who have been trekking for months and living in detention, some of them for months, um, is quite a different story. Um, They all look kind of numb and lost and tired. Um, There was one woman who had gone into the hospital and was released. Um, She looked very tired. Um, We don't know what, what she went into the hospital for. She had, you know, gauze on her arms from either blood, probably blood being taken, possibly an IV. Um, And it was, it was really um, heartbreaking and also heart opening. I mean, it opened my heart even more than I thought that it could be. And what these volunteers are doing are so um, tremendous there, you know, and I know that they're experienced by, they're experiencing vicarious trauma because they're seeing and hearing these stories daily. They hear the stories about what it was like in detention um, about the the ice boxes, they call them, the rooms where they're put into where it's 56 degrees and some are held there for 10 days in the cold rooms with nothing but a mylar sheet to cover themselves. Um, and, you know, they have a hard time keeping it together. When Sergio was talking about it, he was having, a, he was overwhelmed with emotion. So they need they need a lot of support. The volunteers need a lot of support. Um, and I, you know, I talk a lot on this program about living a passionate life and the pillars of living a passionate life. And two of the four pillars um, are compassion and generosity. And um, I really, truly believe that it's not possible to have a sustainable, um, sustainable, passionate life if you don't have compassion. If you're not, and, and I mean compassion, not just for easy compassion, like for your family members and people in your, your own network, but having compassion for people who are different than you, who maybe even scare you a little bit, or you might have some difficulty understanding, when you can open your heart to them, the power of that in your own life and opening up your life to passion is tremendous. And being able to give generously of your time, of your money or just of your spirit is really, really powerful. Um, You don't know um, if you're saving somebody's life by doing it. And you are definitely improving your own life. And there are all kinds of health benefits to having compassion and showing generosity. I mean, it increases um, your immune system. It increases your mood, even though it's painful. And it's a paradox, but opening yourself to the pain actually gives your life more meaning and purpose, which brings more 
lasting happiness and joyfulness into your life. Um, You know, we're constantly looking to achieve goals and to have the perfect relationships and have all the money that we think that we want and have the things that we want and have the perfect body. Um, But the truth is that none of those things actually last forever. There is an expiration date to all of those tangible goals and things. But when we can actually give of our spirit, when we can be compassionate and give of ourselves, that happiness that comes from that is lasting. It's, it's true happiness. Um, you know, life is painful. And no matter how hard we try to run from the pain, we really can't. And the more we run and try to avoid it, um, the more difficulties we're going to have in our life. We try to numb ourselves, you know, with alcohol and drugs or watching television or um, just trying to um, just be happy, don't worry. but we really can't live a passionate life when we do that. We really have to face our, face our pain. And when we face our pain and we open ourselves to our own pain and the pain of other people and keep our hearts open, then that pain actually moves through us. And we see that we are really are resilient and we no longer need to fear the pain. We know that we can handle it and we're free. And when we can face the suffering of other people and allow ourselves to allow that pain to move through us and feel grateful, not only for what we have, but that we have the power to make a difference in easing someone else's suffering through kind action and understanding, then we can experience not only freedom from our pain, our pain and their pain, but inner peace and the knowing that we're doing the greatest good in the world, creating value, and we can have true bliss beyond what we have even imagined. And, you know, I run across um, a lot of people who um, will tell us that, you know, hey, what about those homeless veterans and and I absolutely, you know, anybody who's doing work with veterans and the homeless community, I thank you from the bottom of my heart as somebody who is the daughter of a World War II veteran and the granddaughter of a World War I veteran um, and who works with veterans on a daily basis um, who have PTSD. Um, that is a very noble cause. But our hearts are big. Our hearts are, are enormous. And we have infinite ability to have compassion. So it's not one or the other. We can be compassionate to everyone. And um, the more that we do that, the more we open our heart, the bigger our own lives will be. And so on that note, I'm going to – I want to introduce Woodson Martin, who is on the line, um, and he's a member of Team Brownsville, and 
uh, part of this compassionate effort for people on the border. Uh, Woodson, are you there? Hello, Dr. Mara. I am here. Can you hear me? Welcome. I can hear you fine. I just want to tell you there's a slight delay when we when we speak like this. So okay. Welcome to the program. And, and, you know, I was just talking about my experience last weekend at, at being at the border and meeting with Team Brownsville in person and meeting some of the um, asylum seekers who were recently released from detention at the bus station in Brownsville. And, um, and I know you're part of Team Brownsville, so maybe you can talk a little bit about your role with Team Brownsville and your experience there and how people can help. Sure. Well, thank you. Glad to have a chance to talk. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, My name is Woodson Martin, and I've been volunteering with Team Brownsville since September of last year. I live in California in the San Francisco Bay Area, but went to the border after hearing about all of the family separations that we heard so much about last summer in the news media. And I met some of the folks you've had on the show, Sergio Cordova and Michael Benavides and others and Mm -hmm. Andrea Rudnick. And uh, I have subsequently been working with them over the last few months Uh, as well as with Ann Finch, who is based in Austin, Texas, uh, to form a 501c3 corporation for Team Brownsville so that we can try and shift some of the financial burden of all the great help you've been describing on this show from the backs of the local volunteers in Brownsville and Mm -hmm. uh, provide an easy way for folks who want to contribute to this humanitarian effort to pitch in. And so I am a member of the board of Team Brownsville now. I uh, continue to regularly volunteer. I am headed back to Brownsville this uh, next weekend and uh, have just been most recently about three weeks ago. My wife actually Mm -hmm. wanted to hold her 50th birthday party um, in Brownsville, and we brought 14 volunteers from California with us to help pitch in on the bridges and at the bus station there in Texas. Wow. Great. So, you know, maybe, you know, for listeners who maybe didn't catch the other interviews and – you know, I am going to play, I did an interview with Sergio in person at the bus station, so we're going to play that next week. But maybe you can tell us a little bit about what is going on and what you have experienced when you've been there. Sure, I'd be happy to do that. Um, I think most people are aware there is a crisis, a humanitarian crisis. Some people would call it a security crisis. I think for many of us, certainly for me, it's a bit of an identity crisis. Um, there are hundreds of thousands of people coming to the southern border of the United States in search of asylum, in search of refuge from something, conditions in their home countries, in the countries that they've traveled through to get there, that have 
motivated them to throw away literally everything they own and everyone they've ever known and make a very dangerous trip to a very uncertain future, but one which they believe has a brighter, safer opportunity for them and for their children. Um, They believe that because this is America, because for centuries, more than a century, our nation has been regarded as a safe haven, as a peaceful, safe place where people with a variety of political opinions, uh, religious viewpoints uh, could safely pursue a better life. Um, Of course, that is harder and harder for many of these asylum seekers to achieve today because our federal government under the leadership of President Trump are tightening the screws and have decided that a policy of persecuting people who come to this nation to seek freedom, they think that's a better policy. They think that's better politics uh, than living up to what have really been the historical standards and values that made this country what it is. But set aside the politics because this is a country where we accept that people can have a variety of political opinions, a variety of points of view about what our immigration policy should be. That's totally right. Mm -hmm. We should have that debate. Um, But what we are doing now is we are putting a higher priority on the question of policy than on the questions of humanity. And we are through active measures that the government that we all pay taxes to support through active measures, our government is deliberately torturing and persecuting these families who have come to us for help. So, so maybe you can explain that because, you know, a lot of sure people that I've talked to have said, well, I don't understand what you mean. We're giving them a place and they're coming here sure. Uh, they have a place to stay, and you know. So what? What does yeah. that? What does that mean? What does that look like? Let's take it in three parts. First, there is what we do to prevent people from presenting themselves at the border to seek asylum. So, starting in February of 2017, the Border Patrol began a practice known as metering. That is setting up checkpoints in the middle of the bridges between the United States and Mexico over the Rio Grande River, for example. And there's one of those bridges, several of those bridges, actually, in, uh, on the river, over the river between Matamoros, Mexico, and Brownsville, Texas. On those bridges, there is now a Border Patrol checkpoint in the center of the bridge. It's there because U.S. asylum law says that if you set foot on U.S. territory, regardless of how you arrive there, we are obligated to bring you in, to make you safe, and to listen to and evaluate your case for humanitarian or political asylum. In order to prevent people from exercising that legal right, 
the border patrol physically blocks access to the border. Now, that blocking of access to the border for people who have transited Mexico for weeks in pursuit of this safe haven in the United States is uh, cruel. It is not legal, but it is also directly causing harm to many of these families with small children. We all saw an example of that with Mm -hmm. the Martinez family, the father and daughter who drowned in the river near Matamoros just a few weeks ago. That was a direct result of the metering policy. Now, why would someone blocked from legally entering the country choose to swim across the river with their barely two-year-old daughter? Well, there are a couple of important things to know. And if you are from Central America and you transit Mexico, you do so on a 15-day tourist visa. If you don't exit Mexico within 15 days, you can be deported from Mexico. Hmm. So these asylum seekers who reach the southern border are on a ticking clock. Most of them fear a return to their home country for some reason. Sure, those reasons could be economic. Uh, if you want to call the inability to feed your family, you know, a purely economic motivation, fine. It's also a humanitarian motivation. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. this is the first, this is the, really the first injustice that we are perpetrating as a matter of policy today in the United States, blocking access to the border, preventing people from taking the legal approach and therefore pushing desperate people into dangerous conditions. Many will swim mm-hmm. the river in Texas or across the desert in Arizona or New Mexico. And people die in those pursuits because we're making it difficult or impossible to actually follow the legal procedure. So that's kind of the right. first challenge. And then you the have the families yeah. you, well, you have the families that are at the bottom of the bridge that I know Team Brownsville is bringing water and food because they're sleeping out there in the cement hundred plus degrees. That's right. So many of the people choose not to cross illegally. I talk to families every time I am there serving breakfast or dinner uh, or just passing out the basics, the clean diapers, uh, you know, first aid stuff. We pouring Pedialyte uh, and giving it to the kids who are all suffering from dehydration. But the families mm-hmm. who are waiting in the camp, and it's really an exaggeration to call it a camp. It is a parking lot. You've seen it. The families who are waiting there in the 100-degree heat who are entirely dependent on handouts from Team Brownsville and other volunteer organizations who provide relief for every drink of water, every bit of nourishment, they're there waiting because they don't want to violate the rules of the United States. They don't want to break the law. Mm -hmm. They are coming to our country because they believe it's a good place, and they want to prove that they are good people. And so they're waiting their turn. But waiting their turn because of this metering policy we've put them in pl- we've put in place subjects them to the arbitrary power 
of Mexican immigration authorities, drug cartels, and other criminal elements that operate in all of the Mexican border towns. Mm-hmm. We've mm-hmm. had families waiting who were there one day, and the next day they disappeared. Nobody know where they went. Maybe they crossed the river. Maybe they were kidnapped. Frequently, wow. these gangs will kidnap individuals, especially if they have a cell phone, and they'll use that cell phone to take a video of torturing that person, and they'll send that video to the contacts on that phone and say, send us money or we'll kill him. Mm-hmm. This happens wow. in the border towns all across Mexico, and it frankly, at waypoints all along the journey that these Central Americans make from their home countries through Mexico. It's a very mm-hmm. dangerous journey. Why would anybody do that? Why would anybody take that risk? Well, the conditions at home are even worse for many mm-hmm. of these people. The risk of being captured, kidnapped, and tortured, when you weigh that against the risk of your 13-year-old daughter being raped again. Right. Those right. are tough decisions for families to make. So mm-hmm. really, we have the conditions that people are living in uh, who, are legal, who are trying to follow our legal process are really – it's pretty shameful what we're putting people through. And of course – because sometimes people are waiting literally for months for their number to be called because the U.S. doesn't really keep a list. The Border Patrol doesn't keep a list of who's next in line. They delegate that responsibility to the Mexican authorities, and they'll tell the Mexican authorities on a Tuesday, uh, today we will take one family of four, or they will say, tomorrow we will take two adult males, and it's up to the Mexican authorities to choose who those people should be. Should it be the young woman who walked upstairs uh, with the security guards at the Mexican immigration station by the bridge, disappeared for an hour or two, came back down and Mm. was the first one to cross the next day? Should it be the man who showed up with $500 in cash and paid the immigration official, Mexican immigration official to put him on the front of the line? So Mm -hmm. our policy of metering and of leaving it to the discretion of the Mexican authorities to decide the position and line of each of these vulnerable people means that we are subjecting all of these asylum seekers to the corruption and the cruelty and the horrors of this kind of totally corrupt system. So Mm -hmm. that's really the second point. And then the third point is, what is the welcome that you receive if you're lucky enough to have your number called? What is the welcome you receive if you, in desperation, give up on waiting your turn and choose to cross the river illegally? Even when your first act across the river is to seek out the Border Patrol to claim asylum, seeking safety, what happens to you? What happened to you 18 months ago? What happens to you today? What happened to you before there was a surge of so many people that we claim a, you know, unanticipated crisis where we cannot afford to treat people right? We've done the same thing for years. And what we do is we lock you in a cold cell. 
56 mm-hmm. degrees with the clothes you were wearing when you cross. Now, many people do cross that river. They cross wet because they fell out of the raft or they swam across the river or they got soaking wet on the muddy bank. The clothes they go into that detention cell wearing are the wet clothes they came out of the river with. And then it's 56 degrees in a room with hundreds of other people where there's maybe no room to even sit down, much less lie down to sleep. You're there 24 hours a day with the lights on. There's no privacy to use the toilet. The only food you get is a plain bologna sandwich, usually half frozen. And you shiver and you freeze and you suffer. And if you're a parent and you're there with your child, maybe your infant, and you watch them suffering and you cuddle them to try and keep them warm, but your own body temperature is low enough that you're not really much help, this is both a form of physical and psychological torture that we are deliberately executing as a nation today in the hopes that some of those people suffering from that cold will waive their asylum petition, raise their hand, and go back on one of our deportation planes to the country they just came from, where they literally spent their life savings, maybe more that they've borrowed from extended family to pay their way to that border spent months in transit to get there. So this is so the, would, this is what's happening at our border today. So Woodson, I know that we're running out of time. Um, yeah. and I, I, I re, you know, I, this is really very upsetting. <laughs> um, I think we need to talk about it more. So maybe, yeah. you know, you can come back on the program on a future date. I know we'll, you know, some of what, Sergio talked about in the interview was a little bit of this as well. So that'll be on next week, but maybe right now in the couple of minutes that we have left, you can let people know how they can be part of the humanitarian effort of team Brownsville. Yeah, great. So three things really all mentioned there, obviously it takes a lot of effort to sustain these folks. When you talk to Sergio, I listen to your, broadcast with Sergio from March, and I was listening to him tell about the numbers. There were 30 people at the bus station, 60 people at the bridge. Um, We are seeing frequently more than 200 people living at the bridge in Matamoros right now. Uh, We Today, I think we had 68 people through the bus station. A good neighbor settlement house had has over 100 people staying overnight tonight. The mm-hmm. uh, effort to sustain all these people is, is big. So there is you know, the easiest way, obviously, for people to participate is through donating. And you can donate right. to the cause by going to our website, teambrownsville.org. Um, there you'll see a couple of options for donating, including donating online using your PayPal account or a credit card. Um, so that's teambrownsville.org. And uh, mm-hmm. at that website, you'll see a description of the programs, the dinners that we serve, the breakfast that we serve, the medicine we provide, the service at the bus station, uh, and, you know, clothes, et cetera. The, so that's the easiest 
thing for anybody to do who's listening, and that donations help regardless of how small. And if you really want to help, think about recurring donations because recurring donations allow us to plan uh, better and to commit to higher levels of service. But uh, it's also super helpful to have the things, the material that we need to help people, and that is clean underwear of all sizes. Um, uh-huh. There is no laundry facility at the bridge. Uh, people who are fresh from immigration detention are often wearing the underwear they were wearing a week, two weeks ago when they crossed through a muddy river. Um, there's just something very magical about restoring human dignity with a fresh pair of clean underwear. Yeah. Contact us on our website if you're interested in making these types of donations. There's an info at teambrownsville.org email address you can use for that, and we'll help you coordinate on shipping material. Sergio mentioned the, uh, the Amazon wish list, which includes some specific items that we need. And then there is uh, also, of course, the opportunity to volunteer. Um, mm-hmm. And if people are interested in traveling to the border, um, pick any city along the border. It doesn't have to be Brownsville. But if you want to come to Brownsville, um, we'd love to have you join us and help us with the delivery of our programs at the bus station and at the bridges. Um, information about volunteering is available on our website. We are uh, overwhelmed right now with volunteers for the months, the remainder of July and August. Um, over the summer months, many people are able to make time to come. We have a huge number of school teachers from all over the country who That's are giving great. up their summer uh, to pitch in here. But it really gets tight in the months of September, October, November. And if you are able to uh, volunteer in those months, please do contact us. Volunteer at teambrownsville.org is an email address you can use for that. And we'd love to hear about okay. the dates. You might be able to come and tell you about opportunities. Okay. I'm going to post all of that on the website post about this program this evening. So if people miss that, I'm gonna, it'll all be there. Um, and, you know, I, I really think that being part of this humanitarian effort is really not only helping to save lives there, but it's really good for ourselves. It's good for us to do personally. So, um, I absolutely, yep, yep. Compassion is a, a important part of having a, a joyful, happy life. So, <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming on this program. And again, I would love to have you come back because your descriptions of everything is very very detailed and I think is really important because most people don't know this information and it's really, I think people really need to know what's going on. Um, There's a lot of misinformation out there. It's my pleasure to be with you today. Thank you to everyone who's listening and uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to tell a little bit of this story today. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And you have a good evening, and we'll be in touch. Thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye now. All right. 
Um, okay, so we're going to listen to a little bit of healing music <laughs> after hearing all about that from our next guest who will be joining. To the music of our guest who's joining us on the phone, Danny Christensen, who Hello, has Mara. been on the show. Hi. It's been a it's long so time. You were on the pro it was you you were on the show about six years ago. I was been a while. Yeah. Just a reminder, when we speak like this, there's a slight delay. So just keep that in mind. How how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. This is my Great. 50th year in show business and just having a ball with it. I feel very blessed wow. to be able to do this all this time, and uh, things keep getting better. Uh, last year when I was 63 years old, I got a chance to join a band called the Fab Five, which is the premier Beatle tribute band in our area mm-hmm. of Texas, and uh, just uh a lot of blessings. Family's all good. Wife's good. Kids are good. Grandson's good. We just Great. adopted two dogs <laughs> that are seniors. <laughs> They're nine-year-old little schnauzers. And, uh, so it's all good. That's wonderful. So um, so are you mainly playing with the Fab Five, or are you doing any anything on your own, or you know, is that the main thing? I, I, I do... Uh, Still play solo gigs, and you know I do like uh, you know small, 
uh, I, I like restaurants, bars, that sort of thing. Uh, Fab Five is more of a theater festival. Um, city Park, we're real big on the city park things. We do those all over this part of the state. And um, okay, so that takes up more of my time than the other. Okay. What part of the state are you in right now? Well, we play mainly in Houston, and we we all sleep in our own beds. Usually, we play two, maybe three shows a week. Uh, We go. We just played in Temple not too long ago with the Temple Symphony Orchestra, Mm, and we did uh, a lot of the Sergeant Pepper stuff, and it was was just just wonderful. And yeah. Dallas, Austin, everyone. Well, I haven't been to Austin with this band, but but they have played around. And that, that, uh, the Fab Five been together since the late nineties. Oh wow! So this is okay. a the longest running tribute uh, of this sort in this part of the state. Mhm, mhm. So maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about your musical history up to this point. Well. Well, that first track you just played was uh, a, a band I was in in 1969 called 1900 Storm, and uh, and I was 14 years old when we cut that record, so it's wow. been a long, interesting journey. <laughs> uh, and and uh, let's see, from 1900 Storm, I played in Circus, and right after that is when I played in Full Moon with Art Mendoza, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that was that was one of the the pivotal parts of the career because uh, we moved to South Padre Island, put a band. You know, Art was already putting this band together and invited me to come down. He goes, "Well, we're rehearsing and writing and moving to L.A." And so I went, "Sure, I'm there." <laughs> so went down and uh, that that was I guess from seventy seven or seventy eight to eighty one. And anyway, that was a very prolific, fun time musically. Uh, wrote a lot of good songs and, and were, were part of a lot of good songs that were written by Art and Cheryl. Um, mm-hmm. It was a great experience. After that, Walkie Talkie, then Private Numbers. Uh, the Private Numbers, a pivotal part. Um, very productive and um, in the original music department. But mm-hmm. most of the time, I just mm-hmm. I I just play. I've been in cover bands or whatever kind of bands. Just uh, music's my love. I've done ghostwriting for people, which is sort of like uh, authors that use a ghostwriter. What I do is punch up <laughs> songs, maybe write a bridge or hear you know that sort of thing. And uh huh. And I, let's see what else I do. I do I do music therapy. During the day for mentally challenged uh, adults, okay. and and that's just amazing. Day after day, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So that's it in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, and I just play. So do you have uh, CDs out? Do you have any recordings out that uh, people they're really still available? Out, out. I think things are out of print. There's all kinds of stuff okay. uh, on <laughs> YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I've done, and especially now with everybody with phones and stuff, they shoot our concerts, and um, you know, you can be playing, and then you get off work, and you're checking your Facebook or whatever. Oh, there, somebody was shooting me tonight. You know, right? <laughs> uh, so it's out okay. there. I just uh, primarily am doing the Fab Five these days. Right. 
Okay. So we're going to play a little bit of an of um, Here Comes the Sun from the Fab Five. Yes, okay. I play Beetle so, George in, in the Fab Five, so that, that's, probably, oh. that's me singing on that. Oh, okay, great, great. So don't hang up because we'll come back for a little more after we listen to a little bit of that song. Okay, thank you, Dr. Mark. Okay. I don't know how we're going to either. We're going to be this guy singing a song from the Abbey Road. I have a beautiful little song. It's something that I wish we had tonight. We did to be out there. We did out there, not here. Too. <laughs> yeah, and you really sound like George. Wow. Well, thank Great. you. Yeah, that, I I love that. So, so do you have a calendar online where people can find out where you guys are playing, or where you're Absolutely. playing, also where you're playing solo? Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, DannyChristensen.com is where I am. Uh, although it is getting less frequent because the busier the Fab Five get. Uh, I just don't sure. don't play as many solo shows, but but I still love doing that. And there's about three or four places, in you know, two in Galveston, one in Clear Lake, that I, I they just feel really roomy to me. So as opposed to having to play all the time, I just kind of pick and you know, oh yeah, I'd like to do this, and I'm available and and all that. But for the Fab Five, uh, I, uh, we're on Facebook, of course. The Fab Five, mm-hmm. num- number five, 
and fab5.net uh, is okay. our website, and and that would give that gives you everything our our calendar, and there is a CD. We have an anthology CD of uh, all the formations because obviously there's maybe one two guys that were in the band when it first started and it's just kind of Mm -hmm. evolved and uh so anyway there are there's a cd of all their work or our work um but that's the main thing the dates booking information about the band our bios are all on there so that would let you know everything you need to know (laughs) Okay, great. So I'm going to post that on my website post about this show later tonight. So if anybody's interested, it'll be there. Um, thank you along so much, with the uh, Dr. Mara. And peace yeah, and love thanks. to all your listeners. Yes, same here. Here comes the sun. <laughs> peace <laughs> right. and love. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. And you have a great evening and I look forward to speaking with you again. I'd love it. Thank you so much, and and good evening to your listeners. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. So we have come to the end of another show, and before Art knocks us off the air, let me let you know what's happening next week. Um, Next Sunday is July 21st, and we'll be back with another live program. Uh, We'll be joined by Kira Deneen. Um, communication lead at My Gene Council, host and producer of DNA Today, and student of genetic counseling at Sarah Lawrence College in New York. And she's going to join us to talk about genetic counseling, which is a really important topic that we have never covered before. Um, Also, Brenda Cortez is a kidney donor, and the author of several children's books about organ donation, about kindness and passion. And she's going to join us to discuss teaching children about organ donation. So another really important topic. And we'll be playing that interview that I talked about earlier that we did in person with Sergio Cordova of Team Brownsville while he was volunteering at the Brownsville Station, um, helping the asylum seeker families who had just been released from detention while they were waiting to travel to their sponsors. So we did that in person and we taped it. So we'll be playing that. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this program, get the website links that my guests all gave during the program. If you want to listen to previous shows and read about those, read about read my blogs, uh, read my upcoming blogs, when that posts, uh, find out about my book, all of that is at my website, drmarakarpel.com. That's D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And the podcast and all of those links will be posted later tonight. And if you want to find out what's happening in the future, future shows, anytime anything is posted on um, on my blog, anything in the future, uh, follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. And you can listen to this evening's program in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to Blog Talk Radio. That's B-L-O-G talkradio.com slash your golden years. 
This evening's program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by neurologist and memory specialist, Dr. Ronald DeVere, and by Story House. And special thanks to my guests, Sean Douglas, Woodson Martin, Danny Christensen, and of course, thank you to Art, and thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week, and remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.